Welcome to the Sailorville podcast, and uh, I'm Pat Nemers, and I am the moderator uh, today, and I'm actually going to be having a conversation with two of our most faithful servants on staff here at Sailorville, and you've both of you have logged in a lot of years here, Doug and Lisa. We have Doug Porter, he's, he's our tech manager, and uh, Lisa Johnson, who has been our office manager for some time, and it's a delight to work with both of you, and I mean that sincerely. Love working with you, and we're talking about work because that was the, uh, the subject of the message on Sunday. We titled Worship As You Work. We took the uh, passage from Ephesians chapter uh, 6 where it talks about slaves, and we mm -hmm. talked a little bit about that. Half the Roman Empire were slaves, but you wouldn't have distinguished a slave from a free person back then, oftentimes at least, because they were they did everything we do. Mm -hmm. Well, they weren't technicians, but I guess in their own ways they were. But you had uh, doctors and lawyers and salesmen and as well as custodians and others that are more subservient. But slaves were everywhere. Half the empire were slaves. So we, we made the application, uh, we think rightly so, to workers. And, uh, and so I've got two of my most faithful workers here to talk about work, and we talked about the call and the criteria and the consolation of, uh, of work that glorifies God. And uh, let, let me just refresh our, our listening audience with the text itself. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by way of I service, which is going to be an interesting one here, uh, as man pleasers or people pleasers. That's a big deal to a lot of people, and I'm sure some of you listening. But as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as our good attitude as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. So let's just stop there, and we're going to go with it from right there. Um, Let's uh, introduce ourselves real quickly here, uh, Lisa and Doug. Let's start with you, Lisa, ladies, first. Uh, uh, just give us a cliff note version of your story here at Sailorville, because uh, you're you've been here longer than anybody. Yeah, well, I don't I don't know. Maybe Doug can rival me on that. On he's a little older than me, so um, I actually born and raised at Sailorville. Um, I'm 41, so I've been here for 41 years, almost 40. No, I'm 42. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm 42. Uh, so 42 years and born and raised and just really um, thankful for the ministry of Sailorville in my life. Um, 14, 15 years ago, I can't remember now, you and Abe pursued me. I was working for marriage counselors at the time, and um, the church was growing, and you pursued me for the office manager position. So January 5th, I believe— uh, uh, 2029, I think is when it was. So however many years that is now that I've been on staff, um, working in the office, working with you, working yeah. with Abe. Yeah. yeah. Been great. Uh, you are the energizer of our whole ministry here. And then there's Doug Porter. Doug, you've been around a long time too. Give us a cliff note version of your story and how long you've been working here. Yeah. Uh, so I also grew up in the church. I think I'm 43. You're a year older than I am. August, yeah. Oh my so goodness, I can't I believe this. Yeah, yeah. I wish I could forget how old I was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm close. Yeah, I, did. I think I'm 43. Uh, so I was brought here by my grandparents as a little kid and raised. Who kinda, still go here? Yeah, who still go here? Yeah, mm -hmm. they were born. They were, they were saved like right a year before uh, I was born. So they just started bringing me with. So um, grew up here in the church and then ended up just serving a bunch and ended up coming on staff. Um, it's been. Well, 16 years full-time, and then it was about a year before that part-time. So, 
Yeah, and you so you really were uh, come come from a broken home, mm-hmm. and uh, and God uh, providentially used uh, grandparents that were uh, led to Christ before my time, and then that's how you came. You came under the influence of the gospel, came to Christ, got right with the Lord uh, in your late teens, I believe it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, after high school. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, so uh, basically, everything that plugs in is your responsibility. That's right. And so you run all the technology, uh, including all the computer issues and whatnot, and and you have a team with you. How big is your team? You have a pretty good-sized team. Yeah, paid. There's two other people. So Tanner's sitting across from us right now running the podcast. Shout out to Tanner. Hey, Tanner. And Lauren Mott, who's been here all day working. So those are paid people. And then we have some pretty hefty, uh, Mm -hmm. like, volunteers that are here all the time, like Julia and Rich and people like that. But then yeah. there's just even a wider team of just like Sunday people. And So you have people so working yeah. for you. True. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I don't say it that way. But yeah. <laughs> right, Tanner. Well, you know, we, we put a lot of stress on some of the verbiage in the text from Ephesians 6, you know, this verbiage like, uh, like doing your work with fear and trembling. And that carries the idea of, of a deep seated kind of respect it impacts our attitude with a sincere heart and we mm-hmm. talked about that really being a heart that's authentic real um uh, but we also acknowledge sometimes we do the right things for the wrong reasons uh doug let's start with you have you ever struggled with your attitude on the job <laughs> yep nope, massively never. working on it in this last probably six to twelve months um, just trying to, mostly because, uh, like you said, I do a, a lot of things tech-wise for the church, very broad, and so a lot of people are constantly asking for stuff, and so it makes me, um, it basically, like, I'm trying to, a uh, yes man, you know, so I'm like, yeah, I can help you with that, and I can help you with that, and I can help you with that, and some of my stuff has to be done right away for people because they can't move forward. So I use that sometimes as an excuse to do stuff like instantly for people. And But then also people, you know, I'm very emotional and wear my emotions uh, on my sleeve. And so everybody can see right away. I mean, even happened today. Like I just sat a box down and Charity instantly was like, are you okay? And I'm just like, no, because <laughs> like, I was just stressed about something or whatever. So, um, So I've been really trying hard to just be like, um, available to people and for the purpose, like we're talking the gospel, right? So like, I'm thinking, okay, this isn't about me. I'm here to serve others. I need to get, get myself out of the way and, and be proactive of going after staff and going like, do you need help with that? Do you need help with that? Because everyone's going, he's, he's busy, he's busy, he's busy. And so it's very difficult to balance the, like, okay, you know, you have Abe, who's my boss, who's saying, like, they can wait. Like, tell them you can meet with them tomorrow. And I'm like, (laughs) but, Mm -hmm. you know, and so. Well, let me ask you, because that mm kind of gets into the whole man pleaser thing. That's kind of, you would admit that's kind of your default for you, isn't it? You want to please everybody, right? Mm -hmm. Sure, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, it's a, it's a, obviously it's a heart balance Mm -hmm. because how, we do this, we can be both at the same time. I don't understand, but you've got like one side of me is going like, okay, I want to do this for the God because you've driven the gospel purpose into us. You know, we've been here for 16 years. So that's all we think. That's all I breathe is the gospel. So is what I'm going to do 
going to affect the gospel. And that's how I prioritize my work. That's literally how I prioritize it. That's why sometimes like social media falls behind because I'm like, yeah, that's nice to throw some pictures on there of a baptism the other day, but I'd rather have the video of the baptism that Tanner's edited. Okay, that's already done. I'm going to move on to the next event. And then I just prioritize that way. But um, at the other side of it, you know, you've got someone literally standing in front of you that's walked into your office and is like, hey, can you make this thing for me? And it's just like, yeah, I want to do that for you. Yeah. And it's obviously emotional too, because I love people. So yeah, it's yeah. just like all of that stuff is fighting all of the time for everything. Yeah. And and I just don't want to, I don't want to, um, I know that we represent the people of the church too. Like they're, you know, you've got pastors, deacons, and the members of the church who are like, not your boss, but you know what I mean? Like they're paying our, our salaries. Yeah. And so I want to like please them in the way of just like, I want to serve them, but it's also them that are that you're people pleasing too. So yeah. it's, it's difficult. Well, when it comes to work, I mean, let me ask you, Lisa. Let me ask you about attitude. Um, you know, you're known as a, a very positive attitude. Uh, uh, in fact, we joke, uh, Abe and I, uh, the uh, the administrative executive pastor of our church. We we joke about if 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 Lisa is not having a good day, we all know it. It's so yeah. evident yeah. Uh, because uh, there's a switch. And now I can honestly say for our listening audiences, I can pretty much count on one hand. We've been working together forever. It seems like, but that's you know it takes a pretty hard left hook to put you down. But when you're down, you can see it. Yeah. Uh, can you can you talk about your attitude and how impactful that is on other people, or maybe somebody else's attitude impactful on you in the workplace? Yeah, I mean, I, you want to be around the people that are filled with joy, and um, usually those that aren't repel you a little bit. And and you know, just as Doug has so greatly put, you know, we are working for the church. We are working for the glory of God here. And we have people coming in that have real needs and real desires, real, real problems, um, or even just questions, you know, and desires and needing to, to want to know what to do or how to do things. And, and you want to have that pleasant experience when you come to the church, even if you are a member, you know, it's easy yeah. to sometimes say, okay, oh, you're just a member or whatever, you know, but no, um, you, you want to, you want to have that joy and you want to have the joy of the Lord and, and not as something that's fake either, or just uh, contrived, uh, but that comes out through the heart. Everything comes out through the heart and your, your heart posture has to first be, as you've said, worship while you work or worshiping the Lord or that, that gospel centered focus. And if it's not unto the Lord, it is, it's hard. You can't fabricate it unless I think your heart is surrendered and fully devoted to the Lord and doing it. But how would you respond to somebody who would say, uh, well, you're being a phony if you've had a bad day and you're acting new, you know, just happy clappy. And, uh, that's just, you're just a hypocrite. Really. You should, you should be honest about the way you feel. Yeah. Oh, I agree with that. Um, but I, I, at the same time, like we are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, no matter the circumstance, like the, oh, the Lord does boom. not say that we are that only when our circumstances are well. Um, he says that that is and should be characterized by ourselves, no matter the circumstances. Okay. So you're saying, you're saying it, don't deny the circumstances are hard or difficult or sorrowful, Yeah. but you can exhibit as you just wonderfully listed off uh, many of the fruit of the spirit from Galatians 5. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think we've seen so many of that. I mean, I find people worshiping on Sundays. We get the privilege of sitting back in the sound room and watching people worship. And I'm brought to tears watching some people, how they worship, knowing very well what their story is yeah. and what they're struggling yeah. with. And their smiles on their face and their hand is raised. And there's no way that I look at them and think they're disingenuous. I see that they are doing that as an act of worship to yeah, say, I'm doing really this cool. in spite of what I'm that's a big, big, big deal. In fact, you've heard me say before, to me, one of the greatest evidences of Christianity is people who can demonstrate joy in the midst of their sorrow. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, so, and how does that apply to work? Because things pile up at work, right? And Doug, you, you, things pile up for you. Uh, you know, we have people around you, you reference Abe, who kind of keep your eye on the ball, do not get, not default to that people pleaser mode that can get you in trouble because then you're just trying to do way too many things and you can't do anything really well. Uh, how do you, um, uh, you know, how do you um, persevere in all of that and, um, you know, continue to show joy, uh, have a good attitude uh, when everything's piling up on you? Um, well, I definitely try, I try to just be thankful for stuff. Mm. Um, that's the number one thing I start going to when I'm starting to like think about, like I want to just be somebody will ask me what's wrong, especially my wife when I get home. is like, what happened today and what's going on? And I'm like, do you want me to make a list? And it's <laughs> like, okay, we're not supposed to do that. So, um, but then I can make a list the other way. Think on things that are good. So so I just try to think of the positive things. Also, It's also like job security. Hello, like when these problems that are happening in my job is tech support or something broken or whatever, I'm trying to fix that. That's my job. So that's actually like why I'm here. That's my job. There's a lot of people who will, whether it's staff or or members that are just like, hey, I need help with, you know, rise up, let's say, the handicap ministry and on, on a Sunday. And they're like, we're so sorry we're bothering you. I'm like, no, it, this is my job. I'm here to serve you. It's okay. You don't have to be sorry. Like, and so, yeah. I. And I've watched that attitude. It's been a great joy to me in the midst. I've seen you in the, doing a flurry of things at one time and holding your, your uh your peace and yeah. uh you just mm. you just mm. it, I, I mean i know you're probably wrecked inside but you show i mean i i'm really encouraged by it to be honest yeah usually this i i think that the stress i feel is that i can't get it done fast enough i can't get the problem solved so they can move on with the ministry that they're doing yeah that's the stress i feel i don't feel like i feel like the people are mad at me because they're very gracious and everything. I mean, we're working in a church. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> people are usually pretty nice. So it's usually going like, okay, I, I, in my mind, know this ministry, that ministry, and then these other things that aren't even ministry, like networking or something. Nobody's knows that's going on until it's broke, right? Yeah. So um, those, the, I usually just end up getting stressed by, like, my own self. Like, how come I can't do this faster? How come mm-hmm. I can't find the solution or just... And sometimes it just comes down to like the world's broken and it's sin. And I just have to be like, we're on earth. Like, I'm serious. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, whether yeah, it's people yeah. complaining or it's myself being negative or whatever, I'm just like, okay, that we live in a sinful world and this is reality. And I shouldn't expect perfection here in the sense of just like the way things work. And so yeah. it's like, get over it and keep pushing. Yeah, that's know? good. You know, and that reminds me of another uh focal point in this passage where the Apostle Paul puts a twist on it. He doesn't just say, hey, render this service with respect. He doesn't just say, do it with a sincere heart as you would for Christ. Then he adds this little twist. He says, he says, not as 
not with eye service as people pleasers. So now he's getting into the very things that motivate us. And we made a big deal in the message mm-hmm. that when, you, when you're driven to be a man pleaser or a people pleaser, you're really one click away from pleasing the Lord. And our, our, our whole thrust is to glorify God and to please him at the end. Lisa, uh, you know, you, you are, you're sort of, your whole job is designed to make me look good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, it really is. And I mean, you could be tempted to live to please me. Yeah. Um, uh, have you ever struggled with the whole man pleaser thing? And do you have any stories along yeah. those lines? Oh, I do. Yeah. And and yeah, I mean, even to speak to, speak to that, there is so much. Uh, but it is, it's the heart behind why you're doing it. Yes, to please the Lord. But, you know, I, I often say, I say to a lot of the engaged gals that are in my shoes, why do you do and how do you do what you do, you know, and and how do you do it with joy? And I'm like, yeah, I am. I'm there to, to, to make you look good because you make the gospel look good. Like it's a chain reaction mm-hmm. and it's a way of letting, freeing you up to focus on the things that you do best and what God has called you to do while I'm doing what God has called me to do, which is to assist you and, um, or whoever is in that position really. But yeah, I mean, honestly, for me, my check is, am I anxious? Am I not sleeping? Am I angry? Am I grumpy? And oftentimes when I know that I am and I'm in that maybe bad spirit, I can instantly go to, it's because I'm not doing it in the Lord's strength or I'm doing it for other people and so, for the wrong reasons. So stop right there. I mean, you, you're, you're talking about having a strong sense of self-awareness now. Yeah, yeah. And would you agree that those who are listening, if you're going to battle and win the battle of being a people pleaser, you need to be strongly self-aware of those trigger points. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, at least for just, me, yeah. And yeah, I think Your for personal most, ones. yeah. I mean, I, I was telling you on the way over as we were talking about this, there was six years ago, we were uh, preparing for a missions conference, and there's a lot that goes into missions conferences. There's a lot of opinions. There's a lot of people that get involved, and I was not sleeping. I was stressed. I was frustrated. I was not happy. I was lacking peace, and I just, I was, it was in the middle of the night, and it was almost, you know, one of those moments that you've had before where you just hear from the Lord, and mm-hmm. where the Lord almost said, well, who are you doing this for? Are you doing this for other people? Are you trying to please other other people or are you doing this in my own strength and for my own glory and that stopped me in my tract right there I mean I repented and and from that moment on I mean it wasn't perfect but I just I mean I remember weeping at the end looking back and saying God like it thank you for convicting me of that because yeah, yeah. there was so much joy on the other side of that by saying no I'm doing this for you and it frees you up to just not have to sit there in the back internal recesses of your brain to be like, oh, what are they thinking? What are they doing? That's so much sideways energy, you know? (laughs) And, you know, those who are listening, they're not all working in churches like the two of you are. So they might be doing something different, you know, or we've, We've referenced uh, Tanner already, who's not mic'd up here, but uh, he's doing the tech part of this here. But, uh, you know, you work outside of the Tanner work. You want to grab that microphone, Tanner, uh, while we go here? Let's do it. All right. You bet. You bet. So Tanner, you actually uh, we we just throw peanuts at you, right? Uh, That's and you and you do all the Tanner uh, to our listening audience is our videographer, but he also does uh, you know the audio version of this right now, Mm -hmm. and uh, but this is not your only job, is it? This is just your part time gig, right? Yep. What do you do otherwise, Tanner? Yeah, I work in an office. I'm a dispatcher uh, for a trucking company, so. Well, that's got to be easy peasy. That always goes swimmingly with you? Nope, never. Okay. Nope, never. Can you give us an example of being frustrated and maybe being tempted 
to forget about the the whole gospel God yeah. factor in your life? Yeah, you bet. I work in a very stressful uh, environment. There's just there's always pro- a problem somewhere, and it's not an easy problem to solve. Always, I mean, there's so many so many layers to it with with the dis- trucking industry. So um, it's very easy to have a bad attitude or mm-hmm. to be frustrated, but. I've been very just convicted about that over the years and try and have a good attitude. And I liked your message too, uh, just about having the grace, thankful for the grace to, I forget how you worded that, but the grace to work, the grace to just work. to be able yeah. to work. Yeah. Yeah. That was really convicting to me. Yeah. And I've been, I've been convicted about that, but I've tried to always have that attitude, maybe not exactly verbalizing it that same way, but uh, that was convicting to me. Hmm. No, that's good. Thanks for sharing that, Tanner. Appreciate it much. Yeah, thank you. Just one last thing uh, I'd like to put to you. Do you, do you, any of you three, uh, do you ever think about the fact that there are rewards mm-hmm. for for working in a way that glorifies God? There are rewards. I mean, this passage talks about, okay, let's, let's tee it up <laughs> to Believe it or not, the tech guy has his Bible app open. Way to go, tech guy. It's the app well, in your lap. Yeah, that's right. Oh my God. Uh, up in your lap. Uh, yeah, I really like. You went to Matthew six, right? Didn't mm-hmm, you? Something? I did. Yeah, but just like the behind the scenes, like it talks about, like don't do your good deeds in public mm-hmm. um, to be admired by others, for you'll lose your reward from your Father in heaven. Yeah, like that. I think about that a lot, especially when something's going on, and I know that it could start bringing attention to this, the booth in the back, for in a positive way, where I'm like. Lord, I don't want to lose my, my um, well, not just the reward, but just even my own focus of like, um, am I doing this for, who am I doing this for? Mm-hmm. But I just don't want the, I don't want the praise from men. I want the praise from God. Yeah. And so I don't want to lose the praise from God because I'm looking for the praise from men. So, but yeah, it, I mean, the first will be last. Sometimes you could think, oh, is that me? Because I mean, no offense, but like you're the lead pastor and I'm like just the behind the scenes type guy. Like, <laughs> does that fall in line there? Not to say that I'll you'll be, be calling last. up yeah. the line from you up in heaven. Doug, it's good to see you up yeah, there closer right. to Jesus. So you just wonder, and, and obviously me and Tanner see salvations here and there from online stuff, but we just will not know how many yeah. people we reached with our skills until we get to heaven. And so we just have to trust that. And it's, it's, that gets difficult sometimes when there's nothing, no praise coming in from somewhere. I mentioned the fact that uh, most of God's work happens behind the scenes. And uh, that was important for a lot of people to hear, including me, because uh, I, I have to, I work hard to, to work hard behind the scenes because so much of my ministry is in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so when I realize and remind myself that most of ministry is behind the scenes that only God sees, or, or, or maybe the one or two people that you're working with, I mean, nothing, nothing, nothing goes without the notice of the eye of God. Um, his eye is on us. So we have to believe that and trust that and know that we will be rewarded Accordingly, I don't think it's wrong to be incentivized like that. I mean, mm. we don't, you know, people say, "Well, I don't want God; I just want the His stuff." Mm. I don't think that's what we're talking about. No, uh, no. at all. Yeah, uh, but to to live in such a way that we please God with the full understanding that whatever reward we have coming, uh, our sovereign and just and right God will bring it along. And any final thoughts from 
any of you. I was just going to add to that. Like, I, I feel that, I mean, I'm, I don't work in a church, but I still have that draw to things like cars and property with the farm and just being able to do some of the things that I'm like, man, if I, if I went and did some of these things that other tech guys do that like, you know, the guy that drives the Tesla, you know, and then I'm like, I don't get a Tesla. And I'm just like, but, but my, right after I think it, I just think God's got heaven's coming. I got to do mm-hmm. what I need to do mm-hmm. for here. And it's going to be totally worth it. And I wouldn't be satisfied probably anyways by all this stuff that I'm thinking about. So it's just, um, I'm just thankful that God's convicted me and saved me. So I'm not like chasing that because I, I would be, I mean, that's where I'd be and I'd probably still be miserable. So mm. that's a really good word. Yeah. And I, I did want to speak to the people behind the scenes. I think that is one of the greatest joys of my job. I've said that mm-hmm. over the years because we do get that privilege of seeing so many behind the scenes and missionary Christmases and harvest offerings, the stories that people don't get to see of the the family in need that someone happened to bring this over. And just um, that is just that is like what I think just is that used to talk about smile from Jesus. Like I just can't imagine like if that's how the Lord is, is working behind the scenes, like the reminder that how much I don't get to see behind the scenes, but how I know he's working. It's that constant reminder of we don't get to see and know how the Lord provides, but it just happens. And we get to see that in full view almost every day here. And, and that just propels you to think beyond even the here and now for, for eternity. Like if God provides for the sparrows, like how much more yep. beyond is he going to provide for us? That's good. Eternity? So the other day, right after the sermon, I got a text from a young man who became a Christian just over a year ago. You, you would know him. It's really cool. He was an, he was an atheist. And then uh, through a series of circumstances, uh, working with guys like John. He came to know Christ as a savior. And he texted me, and uh, here's the text that he sent me. He said, hey, Pat, I have to confess, I struggle with selfish motives and man-pleasing. Does the struggle ever go away or just get better? So here's how I responded. I said, hey, I named him. Thank you for your humble admission. I would say neither. It doesn't go away or even get better. But it's a great question. I think the answer is that you, as you grow in grace, you also grow in awareness. Mm-hmm. I think awareness is the key. When you are aware of your selfishness and people-pleasing, then you can address it in the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got back. He said, oh, that's a good answer. Yeah. Being more cognizant. And uh, in, in fighting against your natural tendencies of selfishness uh, situationally, and then he thanked thanked me. I think that's an important thing: awareness to overcome man pleasing. Our proposition at the beginning of this and the message is how we'll finish uh, this. I said, work as an act of worship, not for the praise of men, but for the smile of God. Mm. Now, go glorify the Lord.